Well, I'm so excited about this series we're doing on the heart of praise and worship. All I'm hearing during worship is faith and patience. And so I want you to open your Bibles to James chapter 1. I just want to go through and say a couple things uh, about that before we get into the heart of praise and worship. However, I can tell you this, it's all connected. So go to James chapter 1. This will help somebody. Hallelujah. You know, we have this wonderful plan of every service, but we have a big asterisk above everything which says, Holy Spirit, whatever you want, right? Because he's the one that knows what's going on today. In James chapter 1, it's in verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or different tests, trials, temptations, different, this Greek word means adversity. It literally, it literally denotes this Greek word. It gives us a picture of something that causes pressure that's designed to get your eyes off something and on something else. So James here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into these different tests, trials, temptations, adversity, into this pressure. Notice he says you have to count it joy because guess what? It won't feel like joy, right? So you have to count it joy. But why do you do that? Because verse 3 you know something. The reason why you can count it, when you see pressure come at you, when you see tests, trials, or adversity, you already know something when it's coming. And this is what you know. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, this means the proving or the testing of your faith. Well, is God the one testing your faith? Why in the world would he have to test your faith? He already knows where your faith is at. But these tests, these trials, these adversities, this pressure will test it. Right? But we know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, it works, it works patience. This Greek word for worketh, it literally means it brings about patience. The trying of your faith works patience. Notice, it doesn't say that the trying of your faith gives you patience. You already have. Patience is one of the fruits of your spirit. But this word patience is not just, okay, Lord, well, you know, I'm just not a very patient person. No, it's not this. This word patience means endurance. But this Greek word means a very special type of endurance. It literally means a cheerful endurance. If you're walking in this supernatural fruit of your spirit, it will cause you to have cheerful endurance. It works it. So in other words, see, like, if I, if I go to the gym 
to work my elliptical, I'm not, when I, when I get on it, it doesn't give me an elliptical. It's, it's going to work it. When I get on it, it starts working. When you get pressed or when pressure comes, patience will start working. Does that make sense? So that means when you walk by faith and when you walk in patience, literally, you'll have things come upon you and your flesh will go, I don't like this. I don't feel good. I'm not happy. And that's where your spirit needs to rise up and go, I am happy. I am joyful. Flesh, I'm, not, I'm telling you how we're going to feel. Because out of your spirit will come a cheerful endurance. Because you know when you're pressed, something rises against that trial that's beyond you. And it's an endurance that will cause you to remain in this, underneath this pressure, cheerfully until you see it fall and come in line with the Word of God. Oh, the walk of faith is wonderful. It's not, oh man, I'm just believing God. No, you're not. If your countenance is like, oh, that's not faith. The Bible says that we have joy and peace in believing. When you believe God, see, you already know the end from the beginning, just like he does. You already know when you enter this, wow, my father always causes me to triumph. And as a matter of fact, while he's causing me to triumph, because he's already given me the victory, he also causes a fragrance to come out of it of the knowledge of Jesus. So literally, tests, trials, adversities, I mean, it's just a bummer to be Satan because every time he comes against you, it causes a cheerful endurance and he's going to lose. And, and everybody that's watching your life will know it. Isn't that amazing? So it works patience. So then let's keep going with this. It works, works patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. This means that you may be complete and entire. I love this. The word entire means that you'll be complete and you'll be whole. Whole denotes spirit, soul, and body. I'm whole. Aren't you glad you're whole? Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Can't wait to meet that lady. The Bible says for 12 years, she spent everything she had. She was nothing better, but rather she grew worse. She lost everything. I can't wait to hear her story. Because I'll guarantee you it all came back many times over with damages. Amen? Proverbs 11, at the end of that chapter, I think it's verse 31, says the righteous will be repaid in the earth. Isn't that good news? Everything the enemy's stolen from you, God says, I'll bring it all back. But you're going to have to believe him for that. Amen? 
So it works patience that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Have you ever, doesn't it just wear you out when you want things? And your flesh is always, I want this. And if I could just get this, then I'd be happy. And then you get that and it's not enough. And then you want something else. And see, when you walk by faith, and, and you can't walk by faith if you're not walking in patience because they work together, right? It causes you to want nothing. In other words, you're satisfied. You're satisfied. This is so important. So then if you go, just turn left a little bit, go to Hebrews chapter 6 in verse 12. Now notice it says, it says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. You have to know this. Here's the difference between a carnal Christian, carnal meaning they're ruled by their flesh, or a spiritual Christian means they're being ruled by their spirit. See, if you are carnal, if you're flesh ruled, you will act like you feel. But if you're living out of your spirit and you're a spiritual Christian, you'll act like you believe. You'll act completely out of your beliefs. So you might feel like telling somebody off, but you don't act like that. I'm not going to act like I feel. So that's the litmus test in your life. If you're acting like you feel, you're just carnal. That's not even who you are. So jump back. See, a spiritually mature believer, this is the, this is the word adjust and repair. So if I start acting like I feel, I instantly, because I'm full of the word, I know it. My spirit's going, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. Flesh, you calm down. I'm coming back over here. So always realize that we are to live and act like we believe, not the way we feel. Okay? So, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. I hope this is helping somebody. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, that you be not slothful, right? If you've ever watched the, the movie Zootopia, you know what a sloth is, right? They work at the DMV in Zootopia. <laughs> Right? So this word slothful means lazy. So the word of God, it's interesting, or you could say this, God is saying to us today, don't be lazy. Right? Don't be lazy, but be a follower of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So... It, it denotes two ways you can go here. You can be lazy or you can follow those who are obtaining the promises of God through faith and patience. In other words, be careful who you're around. Right? Don't be lazy. So what is, what is laziness according to God? It's following somebody who's not laying hold 
of the promises of God through faith and patience. So you can, you can have your close core of friends be workaholics and be working 100 hours a week and Bible calls you lazy. Everybody's going, what? God wants you to embrace his life. He never gets stressed about anything and he doesn't want you to get stressed about anything. Now, the thing is, you have flesh that gets stressed about everything. You have flesh that wants to tell you exactly what, what to do and how we're going to feel and what we're, you know, and it only, wait, I don't believe that because I can't see it and I want to feel good. But if you start if you start saying and doing everything that you think feels good, how many of you know that'll take you down a wrong path? Just eat what you feel like eating all the time. Say what you feel like saying all the time. Do what you feel like doing. You know, we were listening to this one guy and he was talking about, now he was dissing on millennials, you know, and, and, and millennials are like, man, you know, I've worked three whole hours this week. I, I, I need a two-week vacation. And now those of us who are not millennials would go, that's just ridiculous. But our flesh would go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could be that way. You know, I mean, we go lay on a beach. It's amazing. You know, we meet people in Hawaii that when we first met them, we're like, you come here for a month? I could never do that. Now we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we could do that, you know? And we preach when we go there, so it's a missions trip, right? <laughs> but, you know, if you, if, you just, if you just started getting up when you feel like getting up, that might be a little crazy. So, see, know this. As you walk by faith, and you walk in patience, there is something on the inside of you that will make you whole, cheerful, complete, entire in every circumstance. Not just when things are going well, but in the storms of life. The Bible says when you build your life on the rock of Jesus Christ, when the storms come, and it doesn't say if they come, it says when they come, it does not even shake the house. Isn't that good news? God does not want you shaken. So don't be a follower. Don't, don't be a follower of people that are not serving God. Don't have your close friends as people that are not serving God because it'll affect you. The Bible says, according to Psalm 1-1 and other scriptures, it's impossible to be empowered by God to be blessed if you're walking, standing, and sitting in certain places. So I think of, well, you know, I'm just so wanting to get to the secret place in John here. Um, but I know I'm not supposed to right now. So think about Joshua and Caleb. Here they are. They come out of Egypt. They're pumped. They end up at the Jordan River. Moses sends them and 10 other guys to spy out the land. They come back. And they're just all excited. Joshua and Caleb are like, okay, 
We've got, we, we know all about this land now, and, and we're going to go, we're going to give our report, and we're going to tell how, man, God has given us this land. Let's go right now and get it. And then these 10 guys stand up and give 10 reasons why they can't possess the land. Every one of those reasons God already told them were there. So, so Joshua and Caleb did not enter in right then. And they actually had to wait 40 years. 40 years. What do you think they did for 40 years? Man, they got together and they talked. We're going in. Caleb's like, that mountain, I'm getting it. You know? I mean, I'm sure they're probably praying to God. They're both warriors. God, you said, man, when these people die from this age on up, then we can go in. Can we help you? Right? I've been sharpening my sword all day long. Right? I know 10 guys I want to start with. Right? But, but no, in the midst of that, were they depressed for 40 years? No, nope, they wouldn't have went in. Their mouth would have messed it up. Because everybody in that story got what they said. Because that is the biblical principle. You want to know more about that? Come to church Wednesday night. The power of your confession. But I got to tell you, God, if you will literally walk with him, when you're in the middle of something that's a hundred times bigger than you, you'll be cheerful because you know it's like a speck of dust compared to him. And you already know you have the victory. And there's something that's rising up in you. While The more you're pressed, the more you're moving forward. It's like... The more weight you put on a bench press, the stronger I get. That's the way it is spiritually because it's not me who's lifting the weight. It's Jesus. It's the greater one. So this thing that's coming against me is going to fall. And here's Joshua and Caleb. I mean, 40 years later, Caleb is 85 years old and he's like, Josh, remember that mountain I've been talking to you about for the last 40 years? I'm going. Josh is like, go for it, dude. Do you know, if you study that land, in that mountain was the fiercest tribe in the promised land. The most powerful tribe in the promised land. And an 85-year-old man took it. Could you imagine? Here comes this guy, man. He probably looks like a raisin. But, but, I mean, he's got a six-pack and he's ready to go. But he's a lot bigger on the inside than he is on the outside because when he's swinging that sword and when he, I mean, there's something else there with him because he realizes they have no covenant with God and God is with me. Right? I mean, could you imagine? Caleb was there when Joshua told the son to stand still. You know, I mean, this is the thing. And guys, we have so much more than them because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We walk in 2,000 years of, of literally revelation knowledge of this word. So it says, don't be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. See, it literally, in the literal Greek, it would, it would read, through faith and patience, 
obtain by inheritance the promises. You don't obtain anything with just faith. It's faith and patience. Does that make sense? Because, see, it's, it's, we talk about believing God, but it's not just about believing God. It's about believing God until you see it in your life. So I believe that I'm healed, and I'm never moving there until I see the blood test tell me, until I see that the tumor's gone, until my knee works right, until my hip works right, until the arthritis is gone. But I got to tell you, I've already believed I received, and the one I'm trusting in cannot lie. Right? I can stand cheerful when I talk to creditors, when I talk to bankers, whatever it is, because I know I'm coming out of this financial difficulty. This is how we live as Christians. I think there's a great scripture here. Let me find it. It says here in verse 35. Of, of uh, verse 35, of chapter 10 of Hebrews, sorry. It's a work in progress here. Here we go. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, cheerful endurance, endurance that grows under trial. That's what this word means. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. See, I live by faith. I don't have to act like I feel. I live by faith. I act like I believe. Right? Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Why? Because God can't get over to you what he's provided for you. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, that means unto destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. See, we obtain the promises. Listen, if you've been believing God, you keep standing. You keep believing that word in your heart. You keep speaking it with your mouth. I refuse to have any less than what God says he's given me. And I know that all of heaven is backing that up. I'm not, see, they will say, oh, I don't believe in this word of faith doctrine where you could command God to do what, whatever you will. Well, I don't believe that either. That's stupid. But I do believe that if God says, Tony, I've given this to you, then I will have to possess through faith what he's given me by his grace. The Bible says it's impossible for me to receive anything from God apart from faith. But I can't go out there and decide I want another star over here. Or I can't go out here and just decide, well, you know, I think I want a Rolls Royce in an hour. That's just stupidity. That's not the word. But as I'm delighting in the Lord, if the Lord puts it on my heart to believe him for something, then I could believe him for something. Does that make sense? See, I possess through faith 
And as we see through faith and patience what he has given me already by his grace. So you know, well, you're just one of those name it and claim it. Absolutely. Confess it and possess it. Absolutely, you will not possess anything that you don't confess. But you can't just confess anything you want to. Right? It's got to be the will of God. See, that's where this whole thing goes awry. And if somebody's out there telling you, listen, you can just have anything you want, well, within the realm of the will of God. But guys, why get out of the realm of the will of God? I mean, he's given us whew, all things that pertain to life and godliness, right? So this is huge. Now, one more scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 with patience in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let this word be established. I just get a sense in my spirit that there are people here that you have been standing for a while and time is testing your faith. And you don't feel like it's working and it just doesn't look like it's working. It doesn't sound like it's working. It doesn't smell like it's working. But it doesn't matter. It is working. Right? And you need to know that today. God is saying to you, you grab onto it and you hang on to it and I'll see that you see it in this realm. So be encouraged today. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run how with patience the race that is set before us i love that you and i are in a race and god wants this race to be cheerful but you know what cheerful endurance is here's the thing. The battle's his, the victory's mine, and he always causes me to triumph. So I'm not doing this in my own strength. I'm not defining my life, my identity, my situation, my circumstance by how I feel, what I think I'm looking at. No, I define it by what he has said. Because I walk I have made a decision that I put him first. And I am his in every way. And my part is I believe him and I speak and act as he leads me. And his part is to bring it to pass. And oh, he'll bring it to pass. So I'm not strong in me. I'm continuously strengthened inwardly in him. So as I'm standing here physically today, what you can't see, now you see a residue of it because I'm about ready to explode. That's the way I feel on the inside. But what is that? There is the mighty Holy Spirit who's on the inside of my spirit. He's also upon me right now. His anointing, he is thinking through my mind, speaking through my lips. His anointing is upon the words 
of the word of God that I'm speaking out of my mouth. And his kratos power, the same power that he rose Jesus from the dead with, is right now coming out of my spirit and it's quickening my physical body. It, it, that, mean, that word quickening means it's restoring it to health, it's healing it, it's making it whole. That's what's happening to me right now, and I'm going to keep the switch of faith turned on because I want that happening to me 24-7. Oh, as I get older, I'm going to age. But I refuse to be weak. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to have pain. Why? Because Jesus already provided that for me. He bore it so I don't have to. When Satan, when Satan keems, seems to have put you around that whipping post and he's getting ready to whip you and all of a sudden you're submitted to God and you resist him and you turn around and go, Satan, is it lawful for you to whip me who's a child of Almighty God and a citizen of heaven? And I resist you in the name of Jesus. You take your hands off my body. You take your hands off my life, off my business, off my kids. You get out of here, spirit of fear. Depression, you are out of my life forever. Anxiety attacks, you have no place. I stand here, you can't come to my life anymore. And it is written, it is written, it is written. And he flees as in terror. Now he's stupid, so he will come back. <laughs> Actually, the reason why we say he's stupid is because he's spiritually dead. And we know that because you walk out of your flesh and you'll be stupid. Your flesh wants to do ridiculous things. Your flesh will believe something that you can touch and feel instead of something that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, has already said. That's why the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You're being a fool because according to Romans, every human being knows that there is a God. There is a creator. And that if they don't submit and give their life to him, they know that this loving creator that loves them, will, they will stand before him someday as a judge and be judged for everything that Jesus already paid for. Wow. But see, what happens, where do, where do we get the atheists and the agnostic? These are people that are trying to, they, they refuse to glorify God as God and they're not thankful, so now these vain imaginations are going off in their mind and they have, a, they have a film of their life being lived in a manner that's contrary to the word. And so they'll, they'll block all this knowing down. And all of a sudden, the atheist will say, well, I don't believe that. You know, I believe this just all came about. Wow, that, that's, that's almost great faith. <laughs> to think that some primeval ooze crawled up on a crystal and... and or this big explosion happened that was not God and created life when God says everything produces after its own kind. See, where do all these things come from? 
All these things come from the fact that we're trying to make ourselves feel better. But guys, without God, you won't feel better. For you and I, Christian, Christian, believer, child of God, if he's not first, you're, you're not going to experience the life of God that he has for you. You won't know. But oh, if you'll give it up and go, you know what? I don't even know how to walk in the love of God. I don't know how to walk by the faith of God. I don't even know how to be led by the Spirit of God. But I know that God wants me to, and I know he'll help me. And the minute you start moving to God, he'll start moving to you, and he'll teach you all of that. And he'll strengthen you, and he'll prepare you for every storm. And I got to tell you, when you turn to God, man, all hell will break loose. But I got to tell you, if you don't, all hell's still going to break loose. The only difference is you're going to be acting like you feel, which will take you on a roller coaster ride that's crazy. It's wounding. It, it creates wounds in your mind. It creates fear. And it, it causes your borders of your life to just come in. Because, see, Satan just wants to, he wants you off the planet, but he wants you off the planet as a Christian in a way that makes God look like he's not God. I'm telling you guys, there is a place in God of freedom. The Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, I live in his presence and I never lack. And I'll never diminish and I'll never decrease. That my future is secure. That, that no longer is, is the end of my life. See, I don't look at it as a negative I look at it as a positive. It's a, it's a graduation. It's a going home. But I don't have to go home until I'm satisfied. And I'm not satisfied until I yield all my fruit in my season. Because my life is very simple. I want to please him. Because he saved me. Because I was dead and he gave me life. He's made me love the unlovable. It's so easy to do it because I was unlovable and he loved me. And now I'm his beloved. What does this have to do with the secret place of worship? This is the secret place of worship. So I hope that helps you a little bit today. Faith and patience. Because I got to tell you, there are storms coming if they're not in your life. There's wind coming, there's rain, there's floods, but they don't have to even shake you. And I'm telling you, that's part of your witness. When the enemy comes at you, and all of a sudden, faith rises in your heart because you're meditating in the Word day and night, so faith is there. I hear, I hear the voice and the sound of my Father and it makes me be fully persuaded that whatever he said is true. And I walk in that. I walk by his faith. I walk in his love. I'm now free from my flesh because I'm not going to judge anybody. I don't feel like i got to fix anybody. I just, I'm just literally here to encourage people, to build them up. Well, how do I do that? Well, his word is life. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through life and the Holy Spirit's going to give me utterance and I'll just speak it. Faith and patience. It, it literally will get you over everything in life. God has no plans for you to fail. Isn't that amazing? You know, I, I just... Hallelujah. First John chapter 5, I just love this. First John chapter 5, in verse 11. Hallelujah. It says, and this is the record that God hath, past tense, given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. And guess what? You and I are in his Son. Wow. God gave you eternal life. Do you think there's any way possible he would not move in your life to fix everything that does not look like what his word says he's given you? The Bible says that he put his spirit in us so that we would know the things that he freely gave us in Christ. I love this. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice, John was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things to the people that believed on the name of the Son of God. There's really no need to write them to people that don't believe because they won't hear it anyway. God doesn't waste any he doesn't waste anything. He doesn't speak idle words. The Holy Spirit will literally convince a person of their need for Jesus. But if that person never, never says yes to Jesus, he won't ever force himself on him. Right? It says, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, now listen to, do you see the, the wrapping of that verse? These things have I written to those that believe on the name of the Son of God. I've written them so that you would know that you have eternal life and so that you could believe on the name of the Son of God. Well, wait a minute. I already believe on the name of the Son of God. Two times in, word, in one verse, the Holy Spirit is inspiring it to be read to believe on the name of the Son of God. So when you choose to believe, God will continuously strengthen that belief. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I've written these things to those that believe on the name of the Son of God so that you can know you have eternal life and so that you could believe on the name of the Son of God. Wow. Because everything, I believe on the name of the Son of God. And if he says, whoever the Son has made free, then I'll never say I'm bound. But I feel so bound. 
while I'm having a panic attack, while depression seems to be overtaking me, I will stand and say, I am not depressed. I have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I have soundness of mind. Depression, I bind you in Jesus' name. Anxiety and fear, you leave my life. I bind you in Jesus' name. And I'm not moving from this point until everything, until I see it in my life. And if God has to change some chemical imbalances in your brain, hey, guess what? Healing's already been provided. Isn't that good news? So, see, time tests faith. If you've been standing for a while, you keep standing. Because we just don't believe God in this church, do we? We believe God until. And how do we do that? We don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. What that means is I come and I get planted in this church and I start showing myself friendly because I know if God's planted me here, then there's lifelong friends here. People that I'm going to get together with. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if God has me move somewhere and all of a sudden I'm living right next door or right down the street from somebody in my church that I become great friends with. I, I'm going I'm to get together for coffee and talk about the word. And I'm going you know, I'm I'm to be in this community of faith. Because I know that what the enemy does is he tries to isolate me. And here's the thing, guys. You don't need a lot of people. You meet one or two people that you're close to, and that's awesome. Does that make sense? See, this is, so niche yourself in. Get full of the word of God and realize through faith and patience, I'm going to receive the promise. 